You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Walk into Buffalo, and it ends up being a walk in the park for the Cincinnati Bengals in the divisional round. Unbelievable performance by the Cincinnati Bengals in Buffalo. And man, did they go into that stadium with a chip on their shoulders. Wow. That that team that they faced was an incredible team, that Buffalo Bills team. The darlings of the AFC, a lot of people, their preseason favorite to go to and win the Super Bowl, those Buffalo Bills, Bengals walked right into their house in the snow, in the cold, and just took it to them. I'm Anthony Cazenza. This is the Orange and Black Insider, part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. We've got a lot to get to in a short period of time. We're going to try and keep it a condensed show. Man, oh man, what a win for the Bengals Arguably their best postseason win to date uh, in terms of dominance, in terms of performance, in terms of execution, in terms of opponent faced and how much and margin of victory. All of that. This is arguably their best postseason victory to date. uh, And you can make a strong, strong argument for that. I know you had the Chiefs and the Titans last last year. Ravens this year was not an easy opening round get. And I still contend that not that the Ravens are a better team than the Bills, but that may have been the toughest or second toughest postseason matchup the Bengals could have received in, in this round uh, in terms of the, the Ravens in round one in the wild card round uh, facing them in back-to-back weeks. But man, the Bengals went into Buffalo and they really took it to them. And look, <clears throat> My everybody, there was two talking points as to why the Bengals couldn't win this game this week, supposedly, right? It was the offensive line, the injuries accrued there, and I understand that argument a lot. And it was their secondary and their lack of kind of shutdown corner star power on the edge to defend guys like Stefan Diggs, got you know, Gabe Davis, all of the great weapons that the Buffalo Bills have. But man, both of those units stepped up in a big, big way. If you look at the three replacements this week. And I have yet to deep dive into the film or anything, but I mean, I, I looked at some plays, uh, you know, in the game and re rewatched some of the plays afterward and whatnot. You look at Max Sharping, you look at Jackson Carmen, and you look at Hakeem Adenogy and their performance in this game. Wow. Now, 
Carmen let up a sack. Carmen had a false start, but there were absolutely dominant reps from Jackson Carmen. Sharping just kind of kept things afloat. Hakeem Adeniji, nice game by him, clean, and the Bengals got through it, and it was them. And oh, by the way, Mike Hilton, Cam Taylor Britt, Eli Apple combined for an incredible, incredible performance by the secondary there. Eli Apple, late pass defended. You had Cam Taylor Britt with the game ceiling interception. Mike Hilton with arguably, I mean, I think it was three or four plays in a row on a late drive by the Buffalo Bills that just took the wind out of their sails in a lot of different re- regards. Just up and down, absolutely exceptional game plan, exceptional execution, and really, if you thought this game meant a lot to the Cincinnati Bengals, just, I mean, <laughs> just look at the play-by-play film and, and the play-by-play basis in which they played. I mean, they just had so much emotion in this game and so much passion and just, you know, you heard Tony Romo in the, in the telecast when he wasn't gushing about Josh Allen, I get it, but you heard him say throughout much of this telecast that the Cincinnati Bengals were winning in the trenches. And when I, when I really thought now, granted the Bengals had a decent halftime lead and, you know, bills were getting the ball at half and all of that. So you kind of go, Oh, wow. You know, there's some a little bit of hesitancy in in terms of saying, hey, the Bengals got this one running away. Tony Romo said something at the beginning of the second half that really resonated where he said, the Cincinnati Bengals are dominating both trenches, and rarely have I seen that script change as you go further into the game, deeper into the game. And in the second half, when guys get more tired, the weather's obviously still a factor, all of that. And that was the case. The Bengals on both sides of the ball in the trenches, the defensive line, the offensive line, they just won the battle. They keep, they, they just kept winning the battle. You saw guys just come after Josh. Allen. Now you knew Josh Allen was going to be in the pocket. You knew he was going to try take some hits. He was going to kind of dance around and, you know, and, and credit to him, man. He avoided a lot of different potential sack opportunities by the Bengals defense it was it was shades of old, well, young Ben Roethlisberger years and years ago when you'd have Carlos Dunlap and Robert Gathers and all these guys kind of get their arms around Ben and he would escape out of it and make some plays. There were there was time and time again that Josh Allen did that, and kudos to him, kudos to the to the Bills for being able to do that. But the Bengals just kept coming after him. They came after him a ton on the defensive line. They were physical in the secondary. They were incredibly physical at the at the point of attack on offense. Incredibly physical. Joe Mixon, Samaje Piran, the offensive line, took it to him. And that's what I think was the most surprising about this game. It's not, it's not so much that I heavily doubted the Bengals' trenches necessarily. It was just that domination in that in those areas that I just kind of said, wow, man, they uh they really took it to him, especially when at the talking point all week again was the, those three missing offensive linemen. They just really dominated that point of attack on offense and really took it to the Buffalo Bills. So there's a lot to, to digest, a lot to get to, but the Bengals right now 
are headed to the AFC championship game for the second year in a row. And oh, by the way, who do they face? The team they beat last year to get to the Super Bowl and the team they've beaten three times in the calendar year of 2022, the Kansas City Chiefs. It is in Kansas City. So there's no neutral game site. There's no none of that. By the way, speaking of neutral game site, I gotta play, I gotta play this for you guys. My word is you know, Zach Taylor's a guy who's been very, you know, kind of you know, humble guy. And, uh, you know, we're just going to do our thing. We're just going to, I'm, I'm going to tell you this stuff that occurred with him. And granted, a lot of it has been out of their control. Granted, everybody's focus has been on Demar Hamlin and his health and improvement and all that. But this stuff, the, the fallout from that injury and where games are being played. And obviously this week, the press release with the NFL putting out there, Oh man, we, we sold a ton of, <laughs> We sold, a, we sold a ton of tickets uh, to this game that has yet to be determined in terms of the Bills and the Chiefs. If you want to know why this team is, you know, as good as they are, who they are, everything, uh, you can you can look at their head coach. And they don't like – I mean, they're, every once in a while they'll put something out there in the media that says, oh, you know, that's just – you know, Joe Mixon this week, that's disrespectful in terms of the tickets that are being sold out there, all that kind of stuff for a Bills-Chiefs game. But when you look at this uh, – and this is courtesy of at Bengals Backyard. Go give them a follow on Twitter. But <laughs> if you want to know the trickle-down effect and where this kind of us against them, us against the world, all of that, that mentality comes from – Probably comes from this guy who has, yes, still an aw shucks mentality, but man, this guy is really endearing himself to the fan base. Have a listen to this one. This was a post game press conference in terms of screwing up the NFL's plans for a Bills Chiefs AFC championship game. Oh, for the neutral site? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we just we had our mindset to go play in Kansas City and, and, uh, it, 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 I, it is it is tough because they they have to formulate the plans for coin tosses and they got to formulate the plans for neutral site games and we just keep screwing it up for everybody and I hate that for for people to have to endure all those logistical issues and then I, we just keep screwing it up so I'm sorry. Oh, I'm gonna fast forward it to here if I can play it. Oh, oh, it, it won't pause. But if you saw it, you saw the grin, right? You saw the grin of him going. You know where I'm going with this. That was awesome. And that really, you know, that really kind of speaks to where the team's headspace is and their focus. And that, you know, a lot of times, if you feel like you're slighted, if you feel like you're overlooked, if you're playing with too much passion, that sort of thing, you can play wild and you can play undisciplined and you can play a, a brand of football that is not necessarily what you want to play. And the Bengals very well could have done that today and they did not. Uh, and they went into this game with one of the crews that I, I believe they called uh, the, the Carl Cheffers crew. I believe they called the most uh, penalties this year or, you know, routinely up there amongst the teams that called the most penalties and the Bengals just played clean. They played hard. They played fast. They played physical and they just took it to the Buffalo Bills. And I'm not saying that, and, and I'm not repeating that to slight the Buffalo Bills. I think we were all pretty, because of how talented the Bills are, um, I think we were all a little 
shocked that the Bengals just dominated in the way that they did. And oh, by the way, they had a Jamar Chase touchdown catch that was a touchdown on the field, reversed. They had to settle for a field goal. They had a missed Hayden Hurst touch, a walk-in touchdown. Burrow rare miss on the day, kind of overshot him. That would we're talking about another eight points on the board for the Bengals potentially in this one. Uh, so man, that, uh, this was a game that the Bengals just were in complete control. And I don't like to be the, I told you so guy, or, you know, I don't, I don't want to do any of that stuff. And I know a lot of Bengals fans were saying, Oh, Monday night, the Bengals would have walked all over the bills. And it was, there was a trend building and whatever, obviously we know the most important thing out of that game. And that is DeMar Hamlin's health and that he is recovering. We, we know all of that, but Today, there was, I guess, for some of, for some folks, you know, some of the folks that thought that the Bengals were going to take it to the Bills in that one based on a quarter of play, a half a quarter of play, maybe there was a little bit of, uh, you know, hey, this points back to what we were talking about on Monday night when the Bengals were kind of marching down the field in that game. And there's a little bit about a little bit of that today, too, especially early when you go up 14 to nothing. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So, um, at any rate, let's kind of get to it as we normally do. And what we normally do is the, 
Bengals box score breakdown. We're going to do that here. And this is courtesy of ESPN. We're going to get that going here. Let's pull that up. And there's a lot of different stuff to point to here in this one. And Burrow was a surgeon early and was efficient late. But, it, man, he was a surgeon early. Here it is, courtesy of ESPN. Joe Burrow, 23 of 36, 242 yards Two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and the biggie, folks, right here. One sack for two yards right there in a 101.9 rating. You look at Josh Allen and the Bengals' defense, what they did with him, 25 of 42, 265, zero touchdowns, one interception, one sack. They just did not have an answer. Now, one of the things they did late that was kind of creative was just kind of designed runs by Josh Allen, and it was kind of getting some first downs and whatnot late in the game, but – Man, they just uh, did not have an answer for everything the Bengals were showing. There is something about this Bengals defense, Lou Anarumo, and the scheme that he puts forth against guys like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, others, the other elite quarterbacks in this in this league. They just do not, they cannot handle what they show them, what they give them, what they don't give them in these games. They get too impatient. They get too... I, I, you know, I, and you felt you, you kind of felt early too when the Bengals were up seven nothing. Bills got the ball back. They had a chance. They had, I believe it was Stephon Diggs down the left sideline, and Allen barely overthrew him. What with, with which what would have been a touchdown? You kind of felt like that was maybe a theme that was going to be a theme of the day. They just were a tick off of everything. Right, uh, the Bills' offense—that what—that—that is. You look at Mixon. What a game from Joe Mixon! Twenty carries, 105 yards, a touchdown, 5.3 yards per carry. And oh, by the way, here he is down here as well. Uh two two catches for 18 yards, so over 125 for Nixon from scrimmage. 105 on the uh, ground, uh, yards front on the ground there. Man, early down yardage. Whether it was a couple a catch or normally the runs early down yardage, he was getting six, seven, eight, nine yards per carry on early downs. That was just huge. Samaj P. Ryan late played a big role, seven carries, 33 yards for him. Burrow escaping a couple of pressures there, but overall just really clean pockets most of the day. Six, six carries for 31 yards for him. And then a, a three-yard carry for Chase as well. But you look at this here. Not only did they disallow Josh Allen to, th to throw a touchdown pass in this one and only a 68.1 rating, he was the leading rusher, and it was eight carries for 26 yards, 3.3 yards per carry. So you have Josh Allen not getting in the end zone through the air, and then, oh, by the way, 19 carries, 63 yards, 3.3 yards per carry on the ground for the Buffalo rushing attack. Man, they just suffocated them absolutely suffocated them you look at this one really not a dominating receiving performance by any Bengals player here I thought Hayden Hurst had a real nice game uh tied for the team lead with Jamar Chase in catches five with five 59 yards just a couple of yards under Jamar Chase did have the touchdown he you know Burrow hits him on that late flat route that's a team leading receptions, yards, and oh, and <laughs> oh, by the way, touchdowns as well. If he, you know, if that was connected there, that was kind of a walk in play. But regardless, five catches for 59 and a touchdown for him, five for 61 and a touchdown for Jamar Chase. 
Pirine critical in the pass uh, passing game, five catches, 31 yards there. Higgins kind of a quiet day, three for 28. Boyd, one for 23. You know, you kind of felt like he had a couple more early. Joe Mixon, two for 18. Um, and then Trenton Irwin, one for 13, did have a drop as well. And then you look over here, nothing that really killed you here in, in the passing game. You see a goose egg in the touchdown column there, 65 yards on five catches from Dawson Knox. Those are the biggies. And then you look here, man, Mike Hilton, what a ball game for him. Eight tackles total, one for loss, one pass defended, and two quarterback hits. A lot of this came in, in that one drive late in the game. Logan Wilson, seven total tackles. Cam Taylor Britt ended up turning it on late. Six total tackles, two passes defended, including an interception. Von Bell in the mix. Eli Apple had a pass defended that was a biggie late in the game. Jermaine Pratt, two of those as well. Pass def passes defended. BJ Hill, active, active day. DJ Reader, Josh Tupo really teamed up to stifle the run inside. So a lot of good plays by the Cincinnati defense. And then you look here, man, Tremaine Edmonds, 12 total tackles for the Bills. Matt Milano had two tackles for loss. A couple of nice plays late in the game there. Um, Jordan Poyer, uh, who I believe left after the collision late in the game with, I believe it was him and, and someone else with uh, T Higgins down the sideline and ended up being a pass interference penalty that set the Bengals up for points there. So, um, you know, and Poyer came into this one a little bit injured and was injured in the Bengals Monday night game against this team ended up with being a game time decision in that one there. So there you go. But here, here it is right here. I mean, you look at this tackles for loss, two passes, defended five, one sack and three quarterback hits. That's what the, the bills defense was able to muster against the Bengals battered offensive line. Meanwhile, the Bengals only had one sack themselves, but they had eight quarterback hits. They were in Josh Allen's grill all day. They really, really were. Um, and it was a lot of Trey Hendrickson. It was Joseph Osai in there. A little bit of a quiet day from, from Sam Hubbard after the big play last week. But, man, oh, man, they just they just kept coming after him. Kept coming after Josh Allen. No doubt about it. So let's keep rolling on here with some of the box score analysis. Here is here are some of the team stats, which I like, and they tell a story. That's that's for sure. Look at this. 30 first downs to 18 for the Bengals, 14 first downs to 14 first downs for uh passing first downs. Look at this, though. Holy moly. 13 first downs via run. 14 first or i'm sorry four first downs for the bills on the on the ground 13 rushing first downs by the Bengals in a game where you had to have balance you had to have rushing contributions one less rushing first down than passing first down really really good job by the offensive line and joe mixon samaje pirine in that one and then of course the Bengals had three more first downs from penalties the Bengals were six of ten on third down, far more effective than four of 12 for the Buffalo Bills. Bengals did not go for a fourth down. The Bills went for three. They went two of three. I believe the last one was the interception to uh, Cam Taylor Britt there. Bengals had more plays, 71 to 62, more yards, 412 to 325. One more drive, more yards per play. Uh, Bills did have more passing yards, but that kind of came with the fact that they had to pass more. The Bengals had substantially more rushing yards, 172 to 63. Woo. 
5.1 yards per carry as opposed to 3.3 yards per carry. And I mean, you, you look at this, the Bengals had 30, almost 34 minutes of uh, possession in just about 26 minutes uh, time of possession for the Bills. Two, for, two penalties for nine yards for the Bengals in this one. Two penalties for nine yards. Eight for 60 for the Buffalo Bills. That That's another big area that tells you a lot. That is for certain. And then, of course, we'll just take a brief look at this. This is the, the drive summary. Kind of tells a little bit of a, of a story here. And just kind of the ebbs and flows of the game, right? I mean, you look at this. Bengals got out to a quick start. Touchdown early. They forced a punt. Uh, sorry. They forced a punt there in the second drive, then a touchdown, forced another punt. The Bengals could not capitalize there, up 14 to nothing, allowed a touchdown, got the field goal, and then at the half, they were up by 10. Buffalo comes out here, 10, you know, field goal, and you go, oh boy, this is where they start to turn it on. And I mean, the Bengals' defense, punt, forced downs, interception, and that was the game. And the Bengals sustained, look at this, this this was the big key. I mean, you look at this nice, very nice drive for the Buffalo Bills coming out of halftime. 14 plays, 65 yards, only got three points out of it. Bengals here, 12 plays, 75 yards. Okay, and then they force a punt. Another nine-play drive to get a field goal. Then they force them to give it up on downs. Bengals punt, but they still had an eight-play drive, and then they had the interception there. So that even when they weren't getting a ton of points or no points, they just were eating up a lot of clock in this one. And, you know, it got a little tenuous kind of in this area here uh, when you talk about, you know, basically 10 points in three possessions for the Bills. But, uh, I mean, they just – the Bengals just kind of – if you want to have kind of a weird visual, they just kind of had their hand out against the – the forehead, so to speak, of the Buffalo Bills, and they just kind of kept they, – they couldn't they couldn't make hay. They couldn't gain ground. They could not play catch-up with the Cincinnati Bengals, and that was a big part of it. Now, I want to give a lot of credit. I, I know there's some certain feelings about some linemen and whatnot, and, and uh, based on some other stuff going on here, I, I've, I've got to give some credit here to at least for on-the-field stuff. Look at 70, uh, 79 up here. Oh, just bare. And this was a huge pitch play, third and short. That's Jackson Carmen. And I'll try and pause it if I can. There he is right there. Absolutely burying, burying his blocking assignment on this one, springing Joe Mixon for a big gain on this one, on, on the pitch out for a first down conversion. Third and short, you need physical blocking. You need big plays. And there he is absolutely burying, burying his blocking assignment there. And that is shades of week, uh, I guess that would be 19, week, right? Week, week, nine, week 18, um, when he kind of plowed that one Ravens guy into the bench there too. And man, he, I, I, I got to tell you, you know, him, Adenogy, Sharping, and you even had Dante Deontay Smith coming in there on jumbo packages, coming in there and contributing a, a really, really good job by all of those guys here. Um, 
in this one. And I know, you know, there's a lot. The good news is that the Bengals have a lot of things to sort out and a lot of options in the offseason as it goes with the offensive line. There, There's always been a lot of questions. We'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Maybe you start to get Kappa back next week, week a couple weeks after if they make the Super Bowl. We've seen Jonah Williams come back earlier than expected from a, a another dislocated kneecap that he suffered against the Baltimore Ravens. So maybe this one, another week. Again, you make the Super Bowl with that week break in between. Maybe you start to get some of these guys back, but I, I'm, I've been impressed with what I've seen. And, and I think what you're seeing here, and I'm not necessarily a self, self-professed you know, offensive line expert, so to speak, or anything like that. I dabble and I and I see things with, uh, you know, with how I see them and whatnot. But I think, as I've kind of always said, there is value at playing guys in their natural positions. And unfortunately, and this has been bef- a long time before Zach Taylor, Frank Pollock, any of those, the Bengals on the offensive line have always tried to get either athletic players or players that they feel have a lot of of clay to mold and they've tried to fit round whatever you know square pegs and round holes whatever the whatever the phrase you want to use there where you know you're putting tackles at guard vice versa and you're trying them out and it just never works but oh by the way when you have a Hakeem Adeniji who has been a tackle and played tackle at Kansas for years and years and years both tackles spots and you have Jackson Carmen, who played left tackle at Clemson. You put them at their natural positions, and oh, by the way, here you go. You're starting to see a lot of good things from them, especially with a year or two, three years of development from them. So, you know, I, I, I sometimes you got to, you know, you, you, I know you want to try and make things work if you're a coaching staff in terms of, hey, we've got a big need at this specific spot. This guy was, you know, a a good left tackle or what have you in college. Let's try him out at this guard spot. Let's try him out here. Sometimes you just got to keep them where they are. You got to, you have to, I mean, that's just their comfort spot. That's where they're, where they play the best. And, uh, you know, as it goes with the tackles right now, you had two backup tackles in this game, two. And both of them, when you're talking about playing in the snow and playing on skates, so to speak, in terms of, I, I think it's, I think it's turf at, at the Buffalo stadium and you've got snow all over it, man. I mean, they could have been sliding all over the place and they really held their ground. They played really, really physical, played very well, had a lot of nice pot, one sack of Joe Burrow. We were saying, Oh yeah, you know, expect four or five, six sacks, obviously. Right. Um, at any rate, Good job by the offensive line. Good job by the defensive. We get really good job across the board. I mean, there, there. I'm, I am really, really hard pressed to point out a weak spot in, in in today's game by the Bengals. There were a couple of, you know, drops, maybe a missed throw by Burrow here and there, but for the most part, everybody was sharp. Everybody was playing hard. Everybody was playing physical, and you could see that by the disparity of points given up, the the margin of victory, and really just. The determination with the Bengals, you know, the Bengals roster. I'm seeing here Rob saying, you know, the Bills pass rush is bad. Yeah, it's not great, but you're talking about you. You're missing Von Miller. That's that's huge, obviously. 
but you got Greg Rousseau, you've got Ed Oliver, you've I mean you've got Basham's decent. I mean you've got players there. It's not you know necessarily horrible in terms of the Bills the Bills pass rush, but obviously missing Von Bell or excuse me Von Miller is crucial in this one. But still, I mean that element aside, the Bengals offensive line. Their defensive line, their secondary, you know, the quarterback just seemed like Joe Burrow was on a mission today. Absolutely on a mission today. But at any rate, this has been fun. This has been fun. I'm trying to share a lot of different stuff. I'm trying to keep it kind of brief. The Bengals are headed back to the AFC Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs. I believe that game will be played at at about 6 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. I have to double-check the time there. I I saw earlier it was a pretty tight game with the NFC Championship game. Since I've taken the air, I haven't haven't looked at the score there, so we'll have to see exactly what happens there. But the Eagles are going to face either, as we take the air here, either the San Francisco 49ers or the Dallas Cowboys. So that could be – I mean, there's (laughs) – Man, the final four teams there, I think uh, three of them were for the NFC East and the NFC side there. So um, strong division from there. But, but uh, at any rate, I, th- I believe it's either three. Yeah, I think uh, Scott's telling me six. Yeah, so 6.30 Eastern. So 3 p.m., 3.30 p.m. Pacific. And uh, the Bengals are just, they just keep, they just keep rolling. It just, you want to doubt us? Let's keep on. And it kind of feels like it's not only just the narratives of this year that God, they're not that good. They're not going to come back. They're not going to do this. It's also that they are playing with a passion after how last year ended. They just stuck with them, stuck with them. And the Bengals are, are, are playing very, very passionate football, disciplined football, dominant football right now. And I am, you know, I know next week is not a gimme. I know the Kansas City Chiefs will be favored. We'll have to see exactly what happens with the Patrick Mahomes injury that he suffered there, but hard-pressed to find a lot of teams that are going to be beating the Cincinnati Bengals in the way they're playing right now. Maybe one of those NFC teams that are showing off pretty good right now in the Super Bowl. Maybe they'll provide a big challenge. Maybe it's going to be those Chiefs. We'll see. Regardless, I'm Anthony Cazenza. This has been the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. We are part of the Cincy Jungle Podcast Network. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major ones. We are there. We are going to do one last call for the drawings for a couple of Bengals autograph memorabilia to our listeners. We have an Ocho Cinco, Chad Ocho Cinco, authenticated jersey, autograph jersey. And then, of course, we have a Tyler Boyd autograph photo, authenticated autograph photo. We're going to give those out. What you got to do, you got to submit a donation to the Ken Anderson Alliance. We had Ken Anderson on last week, um, and we're going to try. I know we tried to have Tim McGee on this week. Uh, sounds like he's going to be on this next week. Fingers crossed we're going to get him on there. Um, but submit a donation to the Ken Anderson Alliance. Give us a little photo submission of that. Just give us a little photo submission of subscribing to the, the audio podcast, the video podcast, what have you. And you'll be entered in a drawing. And we're going to draw those very, very soon here because we've been sitting on this and we wanted to make sure everybody had an opportunity for, uh, you know, to be able to win those. So get your get your submissions in the obinsider gmail.com at Bengals OBI on Twitter. And of course, we'll take that and hopefully we'll get you a really cool piece of memorabilia there. That being said, thank you, everybody. 
Thanks for hanging with us on this Sunday night. Bengals are headed to their second consecutive AFC championship game. Unbelievable. Five and one in their last six postseason games, and they just keep on rolling. Thank you, everybody. Take care, and we will be back with much, much more for you this week. Go to CincyJungle.com for your news, opinions, analysis, podcasts, all of it. We have you covered. Thanks, everybody. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.